We hate Olive Garden <laughs> Ministries. <laughs> Welcome to Coffee, Rants, and All Things Christian with the Parkview Pastors. I'm David Harris, and joining me is Daniel Morris, John Seth Sammons, Skylar Teal, and Mike Tatum. For the coffee segment, uh, Mike was sent from Radical Ministries a random bag of coffee that had their logo on it. We don't really understand why. It may have been because we signed up for Secret Church or something, but it's from Ethiopia, and it's a medium roast coffee, and that's pretty much all I know, so give it a try. It smells like a lighter roast coffee, though. That's I mean, what that I thought, too. Really yeah. does. Smells real good. Kind of not what I expected, somehow, based on the smell. Yeah. I like it. I, yeah, I do like it. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> what I'm do waiting, you think, Skylar? <laughs> waiting to see <laughs> Skylar's face. <laughs> uh, this is gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Johnson? I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Yeah. Did y'all smell or taste any specific kind of thing that you can put your finger no. on? A little bit of citrus. Okay. Yeah. That's what I... That's kind of what I was thinking. I think I that's what I get that. from the aroma. And so... I smell that, but I don't taste You're right. That. That's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, it, I'll tell you. It, it did tastes. have tasting notes, so I can oh. share those. Okay. Go of all it. the things that it does have. The tasting notes are white grape and jasmine tea, which is an interesting take. <laughs> I don't believe them. It tastes more like a medium roast, but it does have like the smell of right, a lighter roast. Right. I think that's what's confusing is you think you're going to get a lighter roast because of the aroma, but then you just got to trust what the bag says and the taste confirms it is a medium roast. I will say it's a, it's a lot better than I expected for a free bag of coffee from Radical. Radical. Yes. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I still just kind I of guess confused. Skyler's kind coffee. of dead to David Platt now, basically. <laughs> well, <laughs> Skylar does not like your coffee. <laughs> I think maybe there was some more info. Yeah, roasted by Baba Java Coffee. Oh, that must be in D.C. near his church. Sweet. Cool. Mm. I think it's really cool. They put the Stratus Index of the, oh, this region dope. on the bag, which is really cool. Yeah. Do you, Can you explain what the Stratus Index is? It's like David Platt and his team developed this crazy like map, and each region has like a number that says how much need spiritually physically and all of that is in that country you got it <laughs> okay yeah you don't need me to say it Sorry. yeah that's pretty much <laughs> that's it. literally okay, it cool. yeah, yeah that's yeah cool. <laughs> maybe we can get ryan to find out Ooh. more about this coffee oh that's true oh i sent oh yeah, that's coffee. right i was about to like figure out where the index card was for daniel to read but i sent it to him in a text message format are we ready born ready Sorry if this, <laughs> the wording of this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Did he I'll read it as written. The last time he wrote <laughs> it was interesting. What's the best free pre-meal appetizer thing, in quotes, like Red Lobster Rolls, Texas Roadhouse Honey Butter, oh, just the butter? No, the, the rolls and the butter. Yeah, see, Chips yeah. and salsa, etc. What well, are those we called? We know what David would say. Yeah. <laughs> what a... What are those called? I could not think. That's why I called them free pre-meal appetizer thingies. I don't know what. I like that. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the official name is. I thought they were just appetizers. Yeah. What? I don't understand. In my mind, I think appetizers like you have to pay for them. I don't know why. 
So. Okay. He's talking the free bread. Before. Free bread. Yeah. Free bread. Yeah. All about the free bread. There you go. <laughs> Obviously, chips and salsa is the correct answer. Depends on where you are, though. What restaurant? You know, I found out yesterday. You may not have known that. Maybe you did. Emily is the exact same way as David with chips and salsa. <laughs> they would put out a restaurant. <laughs> they wouldn't have any left. And that's just David. I think Emily said something like she would be fine just getting the free chips and salsa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a drink, and then like leave after that. But Probably she would just feel, upon. Exactly, yeah. that's the problem. Just for the record, I googled free pre-meal appetizer thingies, and it came up with. Oh wait, no, that's not what you said. Is that what you said? Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it just calls it appetizers. So what's the best free, free appetizer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Free appetizer. Free go. appetizers. Okay. I mean, yeah, chips and salsa. <laughs> so chips there has salsa. to be free. Yeah, it's got to be something okay. they bring to you. It, ha- it would have to be chips and salsa. But I, breadsticks I mean, or, or Olive or, Garden. Well, you know, yeah. Olive Garden breadsticks are not that good. But, but no, I would, I would say the bread so, yeah. from Cheesecake Factory. I've only the, eaten their brown one. The brown bread from Cheesecake what, Factory. Yeah. I don't it's know good. what the official type but, of bread but is. But you have to keep asking for that. Right. So the chips and salsa is really good because right. they just keep bringing that to you. Right. I would also say it depends on the restaurant because some chips and salsa are fine, but they're not as good as something like the Cheesecake Factory bread. But somewhere like... Give me an example of a mediocre chips and salsa. Well, I mean, I would probably rather have the bread from Cheesecake Factory than chips and salsa at like... Y'all are going to hate me, but probably like salsas. Because salsa at El Toro is what so much better. It's I down the, the I have yes, seen you at salsas. Yeah, I, know. I don't I believe know. that. Dude. I yeah. don't believe you. You didn't you ask me no your bread earlier. Chips at salsas. All right, I well they're it. there. <laughs> chips and creamy jalapeno. Yeah, at, at Chewy's. Chewy's. Yes, at Chewy's. Yeah. Yes, bang. This Never good. Had a- Boom, baby. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Um. Yes, you're right. I don't know of any. I, I'm trying to think of a free appetizer that I don't want. I mean, like if I'm going to Red Lobster, I want those biscuits. Yep. Longhorn has good bread. Y'all go to Red Lobster? Wrote, no. <laughs> but when I do. But if you could go in and just get the biscuits yes, and then leave? When I do once every five years and they come you. out with that bread, I get a little excited. Yeah. Well, yeah. Roadhouse has good bread. Yeah, I don't know that anybody's going to like make that the free pre-meal appetizer and have it be be bad. Yeah. I think consistently I like chips and salsa more. Than anything else is what you're saying. Like I like Olive Garden breadsticks a lot. But I think I would, over Olive Garden breadsticks, I would take chips and salsa. I only like... Olive Garden's breadsticks when you get something to like dip them in, like the chicken and gnocchi yeah, soup or something. That's true. For about a thousand dollars, they'll bring you a little thing of uh, marinara sauce. I do, I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like a thousand dollars. Now, if you want a a an appetizer that you pay for, then I'm going to go with our place pizzeria down in Branford. With no, with the here. meatball slider appetizer, it's meatball with marinara and mozzarella, and it's wedged into a garlic knot. That's pretty special. That is will change your life. Oh. Yeah, I'm a big bruschetta guy. You know, yeah. David, he's taken me there before. Now, 
Wow. Maggiano's uh, bruschetta tour that they have. Yes. Is, I'm a big bruschetta guy. I like bruschetta. Sure. I like that. Sure. Is great. Uh, Carrabba's mozzarella sticks are phenomenal. See. Yeah, those are good. You guys are all have good attempts at what the best ap- paid appetizer is. But I can tell oh, you what no, the best paid appetizer is of all time. <laughs> Southwestern egg rolls hey, John, from South- Chili's. What's your favorite food of all time? My favorite food for, of all time? Southwestern egg rolls from Chili's, baby. <laughs> is it an appetizer when you order it as your meal? Yes. No, it doesn't count. It's from the appetizer section. Called the, triple. Call the triple dipper, baby. Triple the appetizers. What that means for me, triple the Southwestern egg rolls. Yee, yee. <laughs> wow. Well. El Toro and Alachua has the best salsa. I'm just going to throw that out there. Mercado Juarez, Dallas, Texas. I'll have to give it a try. Swing by. <laughs> it was just in the neighborhood. He said it like he said it like he was gonna stop by on his yeah. way home from work. Right, right. Yeah. It would be worth it. <laughs> Especially for you. Yeah. I have no defense on the salsas thing. I mean, I know y'all saw me like down like three baskets of chips by myself, but that was before the meal and then every you had time some after two. Right. Every time right. at salsas. <laughs> sure. Try to say some bread. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So this is what we do. Before we go to salsas next time, we run to Cheesecake Factory <laughs> and we buy some bread. And we put the bread in front of David and we put the chips in front of David and see which one he goes for. I guarantee you, he's going for the chips. <laughs> if I'm in a Mexican restaurant, <laughs> the atmosphere. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Okay. Oh. I got you. Best Thanksgiving food. Stuffing for me. Is it stuffing or dressing? Dressing. I call it stuffing. Y'all going to hate me. I call it stuffing. I just don't like Thanksgiving. Cranberries. You would (laughs) be a cranberry guy. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of bad takes on Twitter about how awful turkey is. I just don't get that. I'm not. I'd rather have ham. But if you fry a turkey. That's different. (laughs) That is a game changer. When do people fry turkey on Thanksgiving? It didn't happen in my family until a couple of years ago, and it was a life-changing experience. We have deep-fried turkey every... I understand. We try to do both. Um, Have a regular baked turkey and then... And then, but see, baking a turkey on Thanksgiving is kind of a family tradition for us. Right. And my daughter and my mother, you know, grandmother, granddaughter kind of thing, that's kind of their thing. And so... Yeah. So it's more than just having turkey at Thanksgiving. There's some some family tradition and sentiment behind that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Fri- fried turkey is not as dry. Exactly. It's turkey oh, usually yeah. is just it's dry to right. me. But when you fry a turkey. That's why you make gravy. The gravy. It's all about the gravy. <laughs> and you Amen. put the turkey. And you put it on everything. Yeah, you put the turkey <laughs> and the dressing and then the gravy over all of it. And... So gravy is y'all's favorite? No. Thanksgiving? No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> but it is an important part. Yes. 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 Yeah, I don't know. Um, cause, cause our family's kind of, I mean, we, we put out a, a spread that can go like multiple directions. We have the turkey with the dressing and the gravy and, but we'll also do ham and rice and speckled butter beans, which is, Kind of bizarre for most people. That's hmm. just not right. <laughs> right? Right. So I don't I don't think I know what a speckled butter bean is. Uh we're Googling it at this moment, I think. Um, yeah. 
then we'll have green beans or green bean casserole. We have that every Thanksgiving. Speckled butter. What? Yeah. Rice and speckled butter beans. See? You have it and didn't even know it. Like that? Yeah. Yeah, we have that yeah, every that Thanksgiving. Guy. With ham. That one. Yeah. And ham. Yes. Yep. Yep. So so really, you actually have two dinners in one. Yeah. Um, and there's a little bit of overlap, but um, with the, the vegetables, because who cares about vegetables on Thanksgiving? So it's like green beans go to both. Uh, I don't even know what you're saying there. Who cares about vegetables on Thanksgiving? <laughs> Why? Like there are the right things to have and the wrong things to have. Well, what are the right things to have? Oh, well, mashed potatoes. That's sure, not a vegetable. <clears throat> That's a starch. You're carbon it up when you're talking. Mike? What? Mike, relax. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. They're just potatoes, Mike. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Daniel started it. Broccoli casserole. Broccoli casserole. Yes, casserole. we will have that as well. Uh, yeah, we same. will have that. I think. Well, actually, I don't know. We're doing a Harry Potter theme. Is a potato a vegetable? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Okay. All right. Thank you. But it is a starch, Thank though. You, it is. Yes. Also a starch. Yes. yes. <laughs> so if you're going to carp it up, you're going to eat potato, not green beans. There's a difference. My family never does sweet potatoes, but they should be there. Yeah. And they should have marshmallows and cinnamon yes. and you know, all that. On yeah. No, well, we do. Make we'll it do happen. like. Sweet potato souffle <laughs> or something like that. There's always always that, uh, the sweet potato souffle. And I'm sure. telling you, man, there's so much food on at Thanksgiving. But the best food of Thanksgiving is the pecan pie. Uh, you're probably not wrong. You talking about you talking about a pecan? No, a pecan nope. pie. Oh, sorry, I am not a pecan pie. <laughs> That's what you're talking about. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse. How do you make things worse <laughs> than they already are? Don't be making fun of my granddad now. That's how he said it. <laughs> peeking? Lots peeking? of people say that. <laughs> We're coming at your granddad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being funny and waking me up after talking about disgusting food. I just tuned out. I, I thought I should just leave. David, when did you get here, my yeah, man? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think what do you eat? So do you eat at Thanksgiving? There's usually a ham, and oh. I eat that, and that's about it. Man, oh my gosh, what a so terrible boring. way to live at Thanksgiving. No, I, I have okay. I, I feel like I've I failed in my this, discipleship. Does this surprise anybody here? No, no. <laughs> All right. All right. Put some chips and salsa out, though. That'd be a game changer. That'd be a great Thanksgiving. We're in our last week of the five solo series, and this week we're going to be discussing God's glory alone. Uh, do you guys think it would be helpful to kind of summarize what's what we've talked about up until this point before we get in, or just dive? Right yeah, into why it? don't you do that? Yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, this all this all comes out of um our our discussion about the reformation and what took place um uh, when when Martin Luther uh nailed his 95 theses to the to the door at in uh, Wittenberg and and basically that started this um this transition, this shift in in how um how we understand uh, salvation, um, where, where our authority lies. Um, and then what, what is the driving factor behind our salvation and, and all of those things. So, um, so the five solas that we've been talking about are, are, uh, uh, by scripture alone. Uh, we know that by grace alone, we are saved. Uh, we are saved by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. Um, and so we've talked about all of those, how the Bible is our authority, that it's, it, we differ from, from Roman Catholicism because the Bible is our authority. 
Um, while Roman Catholicism reverences, uh, referen- re- holds in high esteem the uh, the scriptures, um, their authority comes from the papacy and from church tradition and oral tradition and those kind of things. Um, and so that's that's one difference. And but but we also understand that it is by grace alone. There's nothing in us that merits God's love towards us or His uh, His. Uh, He's, there's nothing in us that obligates him to save us. We are saved by his grace alone. It just comes out of his nature, out of his character. It flows from who he is, not who we are, that he offers to us salvation. So we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone. Faith, we talked about, was that mechanism that binds uh, or that ties the, the physical world to the spiritual world. The only way we can understand uh, and get our minds around spiritual things is through this thing called faith. And we talked about how the Bible tells us that even the faith that we have is given to us. It is gifted to us by God. So we don't muster up that faith. We're not necessarily born, uh, born inclined toward faith. God, by his grace, gifts us with faith, and then he allows us to use that faith to, uh, to trust in Christ, in Christ alone. Uh, so, so he not only gives us the faith to believe, but he gives us the object of that faith. And we said that that object of that faith is Christ alone. Um, and then lest we make this whole thing about us, the reformers were very careful to point out in scripture that God saves us and we receive a benefit from that. But that is not the purpose of our salvation. The ultimate purpose of our salvation is this last sola that we want to talk about today. The ultimate purpose of our salvation is for the glory of God and the glory of God alone. So, so we're saved uh, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the sole purpose, for God's glory alone. Um, and so that, that's kind of what we're going to, we're going to wrap up the series and talk a little bit about what that means for us, how we should perceive our, our salvation. I mean, I think we're talking about this, this particular topic at the right time of year, um, uh, because, uh, what more is there to be grateful for? Uh, what more can we, we offer gratitude and thanksgiving for than the fact that God, uh, in his infinite love and mercy towards us decided to save us. Um, and, and the way our salvation brings him glory is through our expressive gratitude for that. Um, so, so there's something that, uh, when you're going around the dinner table at Thanksgiving and you're asking what you're thankful for, probably one of the first things, if you're a follower of Jesus should be, you're grateful for the salvation that God has freely offered to you because, um, that is that uh, apart from that, everything else is, Everything else is um, insignificant for eternal purposes anyway. Um, there might be some significant things that we are grateful for in our lives in this world, but ultimately we, we are grateful for what God has done for his glory. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, um, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, uh, the Father through him. Uh, one of the things that we say, and I hear, Mike, you say it all, all the time from the pulpit, um, the, the quote from the Westminster, uh, catechism of the chief end of man is to, uh, glorify God and enjoy him forever. Um, one of the articles that I was reading just pointed out that humans are rebellious glory thieves. Um, <laughs> I think we, and I loved how they put that right. because we are so naturally, uh, 
we are prone to think that we are so much better than we are. And that's what this doctrine of God's glory alone reminds me of is that the chief end of, of my life, the purpose of my life is to glorify God in everything that I do. Whatever I do in word or deed is to enjoy and, and glorify God in everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I don't have that humility book that we just finished in front of me, but I know, right? We need to just start bringing it. But CJ Mahaney says like something he works into his routine every day is at the end of the day, he has an intentional prayer time where he says he kind of like transfers any glory that he's tempted to store up for himself. And he like transfers that to God kind of a thing. Like anything today that I felt I could boast to myself or anything anyone said to me that no, like not me, but that's all you and for your glory. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I want to, I want to come back and make some comments out of a, a Max Licato book that I thought was a, a really good read. It was actually written. It's not a, it's not a new book. Um, it, it is, it's called, it's not about me. It was written back in 2004. And one of the, one of the sidebar quotes is reduce the human job description down to one phrase. And it is this reflect God's glory. That is, that is our, that is our sole purpose. That is our job description. And that causes us to think about our, it should cause us to think about our worldview, how we react to certain circumstances, how we, uh, how we react in different situations. Um, certainly how we, uh, reverence our, the worship of God, um, how we love others. All of that is a, ref, is a, is should be a reflection of, of him. We should reflect God in that. We are, we are kind of like mirrors, uh, in that sense. We are, we are to reflect the glory of God in, in those things because that is our job description. That is our purpose. Yeah. John Calvin says, we never truly glory yeah. in him until we have utterly discarded our own glory. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's powerful. I do, I do think it's interesting. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, we we actually there's a a series uh, out uh, uh, that is it's called the Five Solas series, and it's a a book on each one of these solas. And so we've been referencing that throughout our podcast. We've been quoting from some of the the authors and some of the things that they've included in there. And uh, David Van Drunen wrote the one on God's glory alone. Um, and the, the tag to that is the majestic heart of Christian faith and life. And so, I mean, that is the heart of the Christian faith is to, to reveal God's glory. I mean, that's, that's why God leaves us here when he saves us. Um, that's what he is, com- that's what he commissioned his people, um, uh, in the Old Testament as the congregation of Israel. Their, their purpose was to reflect the glory of God, to make him known. Um, and so now that is, is the church's mission is to reflect the glory of God and make him known in that, in that course as well. But, but all of that, um, he says on page 14 of his book, uh, on God's glory alone, um, soli deo gloria, the glue that holds the solas together. And I kind of thought that was interesting when I read through that because uh, on our last podcast, we were talking about Christ alone. And I think I even said, yeah, I think Christ alone is the glue that holds all of these things together. Um, and so I still, I'm, I still, uh, I'm going to double down on that. I still, agree, I still believe that Christ alone is what holds the, the saving aspect of everything that God is doing in salvation. Uh, when you, when you talk about the scope of salvation, I think Christ 
is the glue that holds all of this together. But I understand where he's coming from because, because I think that, that the glory of God holds the broad, big picture, aggregate uh, thought of salvation across time together. Um, in other words, whether, whether God is saving um, us through faith in a Christ that has come, or God is saving people by faith in a Christ who is to come back in the Old Testament, or even at other levels, if God is rescuing his people from slavery in Egypt and leading them to the promised land, or if he relents when they build an idol and uh, he decides instead of destroying them that he would save them uh, in that pro- at every level of salvation and rescue, the glory of God, I would admit, then is the glue that holds all of that together. And, and so I, I think, and I don't want to put, you know, words in, in the author's mind here, but I think that that's where he goes with that. And I would agree completely that, that, um, historically, um, salvation has always occurred at whatever level, whether it is a, a physical salvation, um, a, a deliverance from a, a deliverance from a, a an illness or a disease, um, a, a miraculous healing, that took place back then or that takes place right now, all of those deliverances and healings and saving graces of God um, are all about the glory of God. I mean, we've said it before and I've preached it before. I believe that miracles take place even today, but, but where we get sideways with that is when we think that that miracle is about us. When the miracle is never about us, that healing is never about us. That promotion is never about us. All of that is supposed to, reflect and point us to the glory of God. Mm. And so in that sense, I do think that, that the glory of God is, is, is kind of a glue that holds all of God's saving work uh, together throughout history and, uh, and at every level. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It does. So in getting, re- getting ready for this, um, I read an article from John Piper. I appreciate his definitions. Um, as, as we've gone through a lot of this series, I, I've read some of his. So when he talks about the glory of God, he kind of starts with by giving a, you know, a definition because we see that phrase throughout the Bible. Uh, it's helpful to kind of put that all together and see what it means. Here's what he says. He says, from cover to cover, the great dominating reality of the Bible is that this infinitely valuable, infinitely pure and beautiful divine uniqueness, speaking of his holiness, this godness shines forth through creation and through all the acts of God in history and in redemption as the glory of God. That is, so here he gives kind of a, a, a definition, the outward radiance of the intrinsic worth and beauty and greatness of his manifold perfections. I think that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's a really, really good definition. Yeah. That's solid. So there is, there is an intrinsic glory to God. Yeah. I mean, just who he is. And I think that's what that definition was. I, I was, think he's saying that that is the glory the, the of God. Essence, is who he is. The essence of God is glory. Yeah. And, and we see that even, even as God reveals himself to his people, uh, when the, the Shekinah glory of God rests on the mountain. I mean, when God descends, it, it is in his, the fullness of his glory. Um, and so the, when we talk about the glory of God, I think we talk about it in a couple of different perspectives. One is the essence of God and his glory just in his presence. The other aspect is what we were kind of hinting on a, a minute ago is the glory of God in his work. So, so yeah, God is glory in just who he is, but God is also glorified in what he does. 
Yeah. Um, and so we, we kind of bounce back and forth between, between those, those two things yeah. uh, when it comes to the glory of God. I think where my, my mind goes when I'm thinking about this is to the perfect image of the glory of God, which is Christ. Mm. And I love how uh, this the book, it, it kind of flows this way. But honestly, from what I, I read in Scripture, like Scripture flows this way of, you know, we see God's glory, and then we see God's glory perfectly in Christ, and then God's glory through how we live today because of Christ coming and Christ now living in us through the Holy Spirit. So it's just like when I, last night we talked about the doctrine of Christ. And like, so it's like on my mind who Jesus is. And the one thing we kind of like zoomed in on was that, that he was the perfect image Mm -hmm. of God. And we see the, the perfect image of God's glory in a man named Jesus. And that's just so Man, it's powerful. And then we see the perfect work of God's glory in that same man yes. as he's as he's preparing to go to the cross where the fullness of the glory of God will be on display for the cosmos. Yeah. Jesus offers this this prayer in John 17:1, "Father, the hour has come, glorify your son mm. that your son also may glorify you." <laughs> and so Jesus is getting ready for this this moment where the father is going to be glorified in the universe through this, this sacrifice that he's about to make, um, wanting that sacrifice to glorify the father, wanting that work to bring glory to the father. Herman Bovink has a quote. And then what's his name? David here, Van Drunen. He kind of, you know, talks after that, but the quote is the glory of the Lord Oh, just closed on me. The glory of the Lord is the splendor and brilliance that is inseparably associated with all of God's attributes and his self-revelation in nature and grace, the glorious form in which he everywhere appears to his creatures. And then off of that, uh, the, the book goes on to say, the glory of God, an internal and eternal divine attribute revealed in this world everywhere, yet especially to Israel of old and in these last days to his son, in whose glorious second coming we find our own blessed hope. This trajectory of Reformed Orthodox reflection provides an impressive paradigm to inspire and guide our own biblical study of solo Deo Gloria. Philippians 2, uh, 10 and 11. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So again, the essence of God is the glory of God. I mean, you in his in his presence is his glory. I mean, when, when we stand in the kingdom, we are going to be standing in the fullness of, of the glory of God. Um, and then that glory is extended to us as Christ steps out of the glories of heaven, clothes himself in humanity and glorifies God and living the life that we could never possibly live. Um, and then dying the death that was deserved for us, being buried in a grave that, grave that was supposed to be ours. But on the third day, God is glorified in the power to raise him from the dead. It's just a, it's just everything is about the glory of God. Even the work that Christ did, Christ said was about the glory of God. You know, he himself said it was about the glory of God. So, um, so you've got the essence of God, the work of Christ, and then the work that God continues to do, um, through his church is ultimately designed to bring him glory.
I mean, that's, that's what we are as individual followers of Jesus and as his church, we are called to bring him glory. Um, and we, and we, re- we recognize, we should recognize throughout scripture that this salvation thing isn't, isn't about us. I think we, we could keep going back to that. Um, even Psalm 23, we quote Psalm 23 all the time. Everybody memorizes that when they're in children's church. Um, but, uh, but, but he, he says in, in verse, in verse three, <laughs> I said, this, some we, people, we, we have it, it all memorized. Well, I don't <laughs> want to quote the whole thing. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He, here it is. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's like trying to start the alphabet in the middle. You can't do it. So you got to go through the whole thing, but he restores my, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So even, even when we are on the right track, even when we are are being discipled, even when our hearts are set on following Christ and being obedient to him day in and day out, that righteousness that we're able to experience is a, is a righteousness for, for the glory of God. It is for his name's sake that we are made righteous. It is for his name's sake that we walk in that righteousness. And again, I think we just get sideways um, in church and in churches and among other beliefs, I think we get sideways when we try to make it about us. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the the whether it's the the liturgy in a in a worship service, or or the the uh, the disciplines and checking the boxes of the disciplines. If we if if we make those things about us, then then we're sideways because we're what was that quote? We're robbing. Yeah, rebellious glory thieves. Yeah, we're we're just being rebellious glory thieves. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of like that um, that label. Yeah, well, I and my mind kind of goes to like, I I feel like a, our sin that that we I mean it, it stems from because we want the glory, right? We're not getting right this doctrine of God's glory alone. We are so so often prideful people that stems that is the that is what is the foundation of most of all of our sin really is is getting this doctrine wrong. I would say that we're we're out of balance with we're not looking for God's glory alone. We're looking for our glory alone in a lot of instances, and that's where a lot of our sin takes place. Right, and I think it's subtle too because yeah. sometimes we're like, "Yeah, we'll give God the glory for that," but but for other things, you know, maybe he'll maybe he'll share it with me, or we'll say we'll give God the glory, right. even though right. like, you know, we're every glory high school football player ever, yeah, yeah. I, I, to God be the glory. That's right. Scored 80, 89 touchdowns tonight. To God be the glory <laughs> for His glory. Yeah, That's right. yeah. The the one of the paragraphs in that in the article that I I mentioned where it says humans are rebellious glory thieves. He he says this. The reality is that herein lies the core of many problems, not only in society but also within the Christian church. People want to live for their own glory, their namesake and persona. And then he quotes from Matthew 23 and seven, but he, he says like a lot of it is mostly I, me, myself to be seated on the throne, high and lifted up to, right. to be adored and worshiped. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's a lot of what our hearts desire. I mean, our hearts desire is naturally bent toward wanting our own glory. Right. And that's why we pray, not my will, but your will be right. done. Right. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, I think that's why Jesus included that yeah. um, for us to be able to hear. 
And, and if you think about it, that stems from what I believe to be the very first sin in the entire universe, uh, where Satan says, I will ascend beyond God. I will, I will be like the most high. Um, he's, he's trying to eclipse the glory of God. Um, and that sin that was in him is then passed on, uh, to Eve and, and the fall occurs. Why? Because, because the creation decided to steal the glory of the creator. Um, and, uh, and as, as beautiful as, and as well-designed as the creation was, it was always meant, uh, to be a reflection of the nature and character of the one who created it. As, as much as we like to look at paintings that are hanging on the walls in the Louvre, and we talk about how beautiful those paintings are, we always remember that there was a designer, there was an artist, there was someone who took some time to, uh, and energy to create that. Um, so even those paintings always point back to the artist, the painting, you know, the painting glorifies the artist, not itself. And, uh, and so I think that, that that's the case for us. We are, we are, the Bible uses the, the word, we are God's handiwork. You know, we, we are made in, in his image. Um, not he ours. Uh, and so, so if we try to steal that from him, then we are, we are committing, uh, what was the first sin in the universe and probably one of the most devastating, uh, sins of, of all, because that, if we, if we're trying to steal the glory of God, then that's going to lead to so many other things, breaking so many other commandments. I, I think it's interesting again in, in, uh, Lakato's book, one of the, the sidebar quotes. I believe Satan trains battalions of demons to whisper one question in our ears. What are people thinking of you? Um, it, because a lot of times, because it really, and, and we've talked about that before. Um, I, I am very concerned about the reputation of Parkview in our community, but I'm concerned about the reputation of Parkview in the community because I want Parkview to be able to point people to Jesus and to be able to do so with credibility. What I want it in Parkview is for us to be able to point people, not to us, but be able to point people to Jesus and, and his gospel. And I think every believer, you know, has that, uh, if, if we've been saved and the Holy Spirit is in us, we know that to be true in our own lives as well. It's, we have to take on the position that John the Baptist took. I, I need to decrease so that he might increase. Uh, but that goes against our natural inclinations. That, that goes against who we are. And, and so we end up worrying about what people are thinking about us. Um, and so we tend to, we tend to, um, maybe not live as radically for Christ as, as we could or even as we should. I do think too, you know, in each of these solas, we've talked a little bit about two dimensions to it. This one might, might have a little bit more, but, but we talked about a, a saving grace and a sanctifying grace. You know, there's that, that moment when we embrace the, the grace that is freely offered, um, and we find salvation, uh, through faith. Um, and, but that grace we said in Titus, uh, it tells us that, that grace that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Um, but then it stays with us, teaching us to live soberly and righteously in this age. So, so it's a, there's a sanctifying aspect to grace. Well, with faith, it's, we talked about the same thing. There is a saving faith, but then there is a sanctifying faith. By, by faith, we continue to grow, uh, in grace. We continue to grow in our walk with Christ. Um, I think Christ is both saving and sanctifying. I mean, we are saved by faith in Christ. But then it is the image of Christ that is being conformed in us 
by his spirit. So there, there is a sanctifying aspect to that. And I would submit that there's a, uh, that we are saved for the glory of God, but then we are also sanctified for the glory of God. We, we don't just reflect the glory of God in our salvation. We reflect the glory of God in how we live that salvation out and how we grow in sanctification, how we, how we are conformed to his image and how much credibility we can build with regard to how we share that gospel. Um, and, and so, so I, I think that there are different things that, that we, we look at along the way that can be, um, that, that can be sanctifying, uh, uh, aspect of, of glory of uh, God's glory alone. And, um, and, and so uh, again, I'll, I'll just keep coming back to this book because I think it's, I think it's a very easy book to read. It's Max Licato. He's uh, to me, he, I, I think he just kind of puts the cookies on the bottom shelf for us. So, um, he, he's, he was talking in one of his chapters, he, he talks about, uh, my salvation is about him. Um, but then he immediately, he immediately turns that around as to what it looks like for our salvation to not be about him, but our salvation to be about us. And he labels that legalism when our salvation is about us and all the things that, that we can do. Um, and he says, he says legalists trust in Christ a lot, but they don't trust in Christ alone. And, and then he says legalism is joyless because legalism is endless. In other words, we, we might strive to do all that Christ has done, but we'll never get to do all that Christ has already done. You know, it never, never gets us there. Um, uh, but, but then he, then he says, um, your salvation showcases God's mercy. It makes nothing of your effort, but everything of his. And, and so, so again, I think we're, we're, we're back to thinking in terms about my, my salvation is for him. Um, my body is for him. It's about him. My struggles are about him, just like my successes are about him. And, uh, and so we've talked about this before. You know, we, we talk about it's easy to say when things go our way, God is good. You know, not, not so much when things don't go our way. That, that isn't usually the first thing that comes to mind or flows from our lips. Um, but I love how the Bible ties the glory of God to the goodness of God. Um, and, and so when we talk about when Moses wanted to see the glory of God, God said, I tell you what, you can't see my glory and live. So I'm going to put you in the cleft of this rock and my goodness will pass by you. And, and so, so Moses is asking to see the glory of God and God says, you'll see my glory through my goodness. And I think that's what he calls us to see as well. Again, I think we're, this podcast is dropping at the right time, the week of Thanksgiving. Um, what are we thankful for? Well, we certainly should be thankful for the goodness of God. And I know that that hits everybody differently because everybody's in a different situation and everybody's experiencing different things. And, you know, somebody that's struggling right now, they don't want to talk about the goodness of God, but even, even that struggle, the Bible tells us is not about you. It's about the glory of God. It's about God. And, um, and, and I know that that might sound cliche, but there really is, if we're honest and if we really search um, deep down inside, we'll know that that is true, that God is being glorified, will somehow be glorified even in the, even in the trial, even in the tough time. Um, and so the holidays always bring out a sense of 
blueness, uh, just a sense of depression in some, some cases because they bring back memories that are long past or people that we're not engaged with anymore or people that have gone on before us. And so there could be a, a depressing side to the holidays. And in those moments, maybe, maybe we just need to hold on to the goodness of God and be thankful for the goodness of God, knowing that God's glory is displayed in his goodness towards us. The word that keeps coming to my mind as I've just thinking through all these solos is it, it, every single week we've talked about this has just been really humbling. I guess. And you've talked about it too. Like to me, the themes of humility and pride have just been on my mind throughout this whole thing. I think if nothing else, I hope that our discussions on this would just lead us to more humility, but just our listeners too, because the moment we try to boast in anything other than Christ is when, you know, it's not for God's glory alone. It's for right. ours. You know, a good way to not celebrate the glory of God. Anybody? <laughs> yeah. Anybody? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Building a replica of the tower of Babel. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Somehow um, the good folks that brought you the ark have decided that they think it would be a good idea to build the Tower of Babel. I thought this was like last year's April Fool's joke when I saw it, and I had to go back and check the date. Yeah. It turns out the, it's not. The Tower of Babel literally was man's attempt to glorify himself. It was man's attempt to build his own religion, to find... Um, find satisfaction in himself and to prove that he could do whatever he wanted to do. And so to, and to blatantly disobey God. And you're right. Right. I mean, did they read the rest of the story? I, I, I don't understand <laughs> I don't how, I mean, we read that about the tower of Babel and we think, man, that's so terrible. Um, but, but then if you go visit the tower of Babel, you're going to come back to your friends and say, man, the tower of Babel was awesome. I, I just, I don't, I don't know how that, how that works. Um, so there's a simple explanation. The Babylon B guys got sick of people knowing it was satire. So they hacked answers in Genesis. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Ah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, man, I just, I just don't, I don't know, man. The last time people tried to build a tower to the heavens, God just didn't work out well. God created whole new languages and and divisions. So so how how is uh -oh. building a new tower of Babel going to unite us uh -oh. <laughs> when the first tower of Babel literally divided us? I just don't understand. And for them to boast that it's going to be a life-size <laughs> replica of the Lit Tower of Babel. They're going to literally build uh, it to the heavens. Yes, yes. So we'll see how far they get. Wow. I what don't see this wrong? ending well. Yeah, That's I don't either. Saying. I don't either. Yeah. I don't know. Good luck with that. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for Coffee, Rants, and All Things Christian with the Parkview Pastors. Uh, don't forget to subscribe or follow us and leave us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.